In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the owners group. senses and challenge your beliefs a world where science and religion clash or do they you will meet real people and hear real stories but you will not believe you will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds but you will not believe this is the new england ghost project welcome to the nightmare good evening everyone and welcome to another edition of ghost chronicles live on Net. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England's own Van Helsink. With me, my co-host, psychic investigator for the New England Ghost Project, the queen of pain, Maureen Wood. Hey, how you doing? Good. So, you're back from the uh, log cabin days? I am. That I forgot all about the fact that it was built in like the 1700s. What in hell was I thinking? Why? <laughs> Because, I mean, I ended up Where'd so Where'd you get sick. that good headset? From you. Is that the same as mine? Yeah, well, you bought it for me. How the heck do I know? That looks better than mine. It probably is. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah, it's a log cabin. The log cabin. It was just very bizarre because I was like, you know, I'd lay down the first night and I'm sleeping. I'm thinking, I don't feel too much going on, you know, not too much energy. But I will tell you, you know, TV stopped working um, I'm laying there, and I'm. I'm what like, mean, TV start working? Well, meaning you had TV there. Well, there was a TV, but in first a log of all, cabin. In a log cabin. They had electricity in a log cabin. Electricity, barely. No, they had electricity. It was a nice place, but first of all, direct TV they, they had water? didn't work. They had running water. Outhouse. No bathroom. Two of them. Thank God. Two showers. But the, but the stupid thing, you put the TV on for to watch a DVD or something, mm-hmm. the whole TV would just shut just shut right off Why? and then come back on on its own. I don't know. And so I'm like, all right, fine. You know what? I'm going to read. Go to bed. I'm laying in bed, and I start feeling, like, sick, like this fever and a sore throat, and I start feeling like somebody's pacing back and forth in the windows, and I'm thinking, all right, you know what? I come to, I come away. I go to a log cabin. What was I thinking going in a place that's seven, from the well, 1700s? Well, let's face it this way. Wherever you go, you're going to run into a bedroom. I know, you but, know, so what's, you know. So what's the big deal? You know what I'm saying? I wasn't. I, I brought it home with me. I wasn't feeling good at all. I mean, literally got sick. Yeah. So, but then I, I had my own stuff dealing with it. But honest to God, it's been a day and I'm fine. So. Okay. Go go figure. So anyway, uh, as usual, I can never get a computer signal in this house. I have no problem at all. My computer is on wireless and it's great. I can't get to that. I'm not even on the internet. Because you're using a compact. Oh, on that. Yeah. I, you I, know can, I use this at home all the time. It's I have the no caching problem. rate, and it's the problem on your own computer. Yeah, it is. Caching rate. I think it's, it's the, the problem. It just can't. Hallelujah! Finally, I think. With really? My, with my favorites. Anyways, we have a great <laughs> show today. Actually, we have. Uh, uh, well, I can't tell if he's in the line because I don't have stacks up yet. So uh, this is interesting. Um, if our guest is on a line, uh, the studio could put him through and. 
what did God say? <laughs> what did God say? I missed that. Then four. Okay. All right. So, anyways, without further ado, let us, let's introduce our first guest. Uh, it was voted the number two tour in the United States, and is actually a kind of a favorite place of mine, even though I've never been there. Uh, we were talking to this guy's got a cool name. I just can't think of it. Uh, oh my God! I know it from uh, shame on you. I know it from Galveston goes to us. Guest, you there? No one up on you. <laughs> no one there. Okay. <laughs> so good because you don't even know the poor man's name. He's got a cool name too, and I can't even remember it. Ah. So, anyways, uh, moving right along. So, you were in this log cabin, right? Yeah. And spirits. Um, I will say that it just it. I don't know. It was very quiet. Like I didn't feel a lot. I will say though that I, I finally couldn't sleep in this one bedroom. Because I, it was bothering me. I couldn't sleep. It was making me sick. I went and slept the last two nights on the couch downstairs in the in the uh, like their living room. And Steve was getting on. My husband was getting a little upset. He's like, "Why don't you go upstairs and sleep?" I'm like, "I can't. I just cannot sleep in there." So I slept down in the living room, yeah. and I started feeling all kinds of energy. So I don't know if I was sleeping in the living room because I was supposed to, you know, yeah. pick things up. But it was just a very bizarre kind of situation. Sabrina, my daughter, was visiting, right? Cause, oh, really? Yeah, so Sabrina, my daughter, came. Now, her car, she has this brand-new car. Well, I should say it's about a year old, right? The car is parked in the driveway. She's driving it the whole weekend. She decides that she wants to take pictures of the house. So she goes around the log cabin. She takes all these pictures, of right? Of course, would you? You're on Yeah, she goes to leave. Car won't start. So she's all freaked out. Her car won't start. She's upset. She's got to make it back to uh, so, wait, Connecticut. So what's the car not starting got to do with the picture? Well, it was just kind of strange the way it happened because she had just been using the car. There was no problem with it. She goes over. She starts. She says, I'm going to take pictures. She took pictures. She goes back. So you get in the car, and now it's dead. Won't I work still don't see the connection between the pictures and Well, the, the thing was, was she ended up with a vapor lock in her car, which she shouldn't have been able to start it before. You know what I'm saying? Be- yeah. Before. And then it just went way out of hand. The guy who owned the place came up. He opened up the gas, you know, the gas cap, and you yeah. heard, like, the vapor lock thing unseal, and it started up. So it's, it was just a little bit of a crazy weekend. But um, I don't know. I, I don't know if I would go back there. Well, anyways. I it, might. It was in Pennsylvania. It was in Pennsylvania in God's country. Yeah, well. Because God is the only communication we could have. Oh, sure. No cell phone activity, no television, no internet. No internet. Funny. Nothing. Like this place. Oh, stop it. I have internet. I have a good computer. Anyways, uh, I guess it's not here, but that's okay. Uh, I'll call him shortly. But anyways, uh, while you were gone, it's good to have you back, by the way. Uh, while you were gone, uh, some of the crew and I went down to the USS Salem. Really? How did that go? That was pretty cool, actually. Now, did you get to investigate, really, or did you walk around, or how did that work? Let's put it this way. We, uh, it, we ended up with our own security detail. Your own security detail. Yeah, because they were tired of throwing us out of the different areas. You're kidding me. <laughs> no, we got we get thrown up. Finally, they, they uh, yeah, it was cool. Yeah, we went back in time. We went down to the radar room, which has an active radar, and uh, it was just like you went back in time. This was the uh, command ship, uh, the flagship for the uh, Sixth Fleet. Uh, it had the whole setup with all the destroyer frigate escorts. It had the two carriers, the uh, FDR and the uh, uh, what was the other one? I can't remember it offhand. But whatever. Anyways, it even had like the, the big glass boards with all the 
lights oh, going out and everything. Cool. Oh, it was wicked cool. Wicked, wicked did, cool. Um, did you get to pick up anything? Did you bring anything, any equipment with you? No, we don't need equipment. We don't need, we don't need your stinking equipment. <laughs> it's not my equipment. Excuse me? Your equipment. <laughs> that just sounds bad in all levels anyway. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, it was interesting. Oh, that's cool. Uh, we had a great time. So who was there anyway? What do you mean who was who, there? Well, other than the rest of the group, who was there? Because it wasn't it like a, what was it, a training place? Or did they have like a little conference? Or what was it? It was a psychic fair. Okay. And uh, it was free. And uh, Did they do readings there? Oh, they did readings. I mean, we, we we spent the entire time in the ship, so we didn't get to see anyone. Uh, we did see uh, Elizabeth from uh, Bay State Paranormal. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, it was good to see her. She talked my ear. Oh, very good. Very good. And, uh, oh, I met, uh, who's that chick from uh, Ghost Hunters International? Uh, what the hell is her name? Damn. Yeah, don't get old. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, I met her too, and and oh yeah, and uh, Carl, jo- not Carl, Keith Johnson, the uh, demonologist who was originally with Taps, he was down there, and also uh, Brian Hanaz was there, but I didn't see him. So yeah, it was cool. It was really good, but the ship was really neat. So well, that sounds like fun. Yeah. I'm sorry, I missed it, but that was on Mother's Day, wasn't it? Yeah, I had nothing to do with that. That was. Nothing that I, I know you didn't have anything to do with that. Yeah. Did Jan go with you? Oh, uh, hell no. <gasps> no, okay. No. Leave that alone. Yeah, that's who it was, Shannon Silva. Thank you, Leslie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was down there. She seemed nice. Uh, we're going to have her on the show one of the time. We uh, actually connected. and uh, Actually, she knew of us, which was interesting. Really? Yeah. She still talked to us? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good thing. Oh, I also met uh, Gavin Crown down well down there. You, you remember Gavin, right? Oh, I yeah. certainly do. Yeah, How's he doing? Uh, he's doing fine. Yeah, he's doing fine. Um, who else do we see down there? Uh, that's about it. But anyways, uh, you also missed the uh, NAGP dinner too. Which was, I did. Yeah, it was yeah. my son's graduation. What do you want me to do? Yeah, which was really awesome. That was at the uh, Village Inn and Drake it, which is course haunted uh you and i did an investigation we did i certainly know it's haunted yeah and that was a great time uh we uh had done there of course and discussed business and things but then we went into the barn and we took the wait staff with us and really i showed them, I showed them how to do glass whirling oh my god yeah, how'd they, that go the owner came in and wanted to know where the hell all those people were <laughs> oh that's lovely so people were trying to eat and, and you got people out there work you know in the barn yeah, well. Oh, I'm sure he was happy with that. You know, it happens. <laughs> yeah, explain that to the guests that are paying. Yeah, I know. Wanting food. <laughs> Anyways, the number here is 877-864-4869, 877-864-4869. Or you can join us live in the Toji chat room. We were supposed to have a guy from the Galveston Tours on, uh, but evidently he can't remember how to dial a phone. <laughs> Just kidding. That's real nice. He's probably listening. He probably heard you didn't remember his name, so he decided he wasn't going to call. I wouldn't call, you know that. Yeah, I know. But also, you know what was cool, too? After after we did the uh, thing at the uh, Village Inn, we went out and we all went to the cemetery, which was kind of cool because we had like what five. What cemetery? Uh, cemetery down the street from my house. And um, so we had like five cars and things parked up the side of the road. Last time I went in, they called the cops on us. Oh, uh, good. But It was okay because we had called in the cops at that time and. 
and uh, it worked all right. So, but anyways, this time we we didn't have a chance to call the the uh, local establishment. So we we took our life in our hands, but uh, we went in there, and it, it was kind of interesting. Uh, did you pick did, up anything? Yeah, or? we did some EVPs. Yeah. And, uh, um, picked up uh, actually a spirit that was kind of like hanging around us. So it was kind of cool, besides the mosquitoes and everything. A spirit that was hanging around you? Yeah, yeah. Not uh, me in particular, all of us, I would say. Male, female? It was male. Really? But it was interesting, yeah. And cool. that, that, the funny part about it, I know a lot about the cemetery because it's right next to a, a house. And I know the people who live in the house, and I heard two separate reports. I mean, the, uh, uh, let's see, there was uh, two incidents in the house. One of them, the the uh, woman was sleeping, and she woke up in the room because she she was so bright, and it was all red. And on the, the uh, closet door, there was a red spiral that kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, and then it finally exploded. And then also in that same bedroom, the husband was there sleeping alone, and he was awakened in the middle of the night, uh, and he looked up, and there was a woman going through his drawers. And... No, his, his, his dresser draws. Dress draws. Right? Get your mind out of the gutter. I, I was thinking it, but I wasn't thinking it. Yeah. So, anyways, <laughs> the, the funny part about it is, is he, you know, called out to her and said, yeah. What are you doing? And she turned towards him, looked at him, and then just went back to work. Really? Whatever she was doing in the drawers. In the drawers, right? <laughs> Probably going through the underwear, the pervert. Uh, you know? You have pervert ghosts? I assume you do. Uh, why not? You, you have know, pervert people. Do. Yeah. You do? Well, when they're living, you tell me there's no BD that's pervert? That's true. If they die, you think that they change? They all of a sudden become angelic? Well, under, under the uh, the new social laws, there is. You're not social guilty. laws. There's, you're not guilty for anything that you do because, you know, you're a pervert because of some particular oh, reason or another, I'm sure. It's really not your fault. So I guess, yeah, there's no real perverts to say, I guess. That's not true. Sure it is. Uh-huh. How, can you be, uh, how can you be not guilty by insanity? How can you be not guilty by insanity? Wait, but somebody else did the crime, evidently, if you're not guilty. That's just giving somebody else the blame. Exactly. That's what the point I'm Passing getting here. That's the, the, the point I'm getting here because, anyway. So, that's the deal. We, we went there and uh, we did pick up some spirits. We, uh, I haven't gone through all the EVPs we did there, but uh, it was interesting. But we got out of there quick before the uh, local establishment came. Before you get arrested, you mean? Yeah, something like that. Wise choice. <laughs> so, anyways, I uh, that was that was uh, I think that's pretty much what you missed since you were gone. It's been a while. Of course, oh, last week I forgot we had a special guest host. Yes, Leslie. Yes, Leslie. Thank you so much, Leslie. Leslie Madden, uh, John Madden's daughter, I guess, and uh, <laughs> you know she was simply amazing. She did a great job. I would, you know, it was. Almost like talking to you, except without getting hit. So it was. Oh, Leslie, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but you did a great job uh, standing in for you, so I appreciate that, Les, wherever you are. And so, what else have you been doing since I have not seen you? Um, what have I been doing? Mm-hmm. Just frantically working, making my room an office. I know we are now in the new studio, and it is awesome. Yep, working in my fingers to the bone. And 
it's exciting. But anyway. Anyway, um, I just, you know, I started setting up a Google alert. What? Because I wanted to be alerted whenever there was something that was a psychic event or paranormal. Were you nuts? <laughs> so I have tons. That's why I have 1,400 messages. Exactly. Um, but I have Google alerts. By the way, for, check your uh, Ghost Project account. It's like loaded. I know. It's not taking any more emails. I have to delete some. But anyway, um, that's what I'm looking at right now. So, so what, what is happening on the, on the psychic um, front? It says, Ghosts of the Santa Rita, parapsychologist Amy Allen, who now lives in Denver, used to own a ghost hunting operation called the Lost Souls Paranormal. Okay, let's talk about her. Let's forget her. Vampire-loving barmaid hits the jackpot. What was that? It says, Vampire, or as she puts it, was succinctly with the cackle that evoked the paranormal creature. Oh, it's just talking about that Charlene Harris. Um, nothing really great. Oh, that's cool. Nothing. I'm so glad you're sharing nothing Sorry. with us. Sorry. You know, I thought I had it. something good. Yeah, yeah, you had something good already. I actually anyway. did, but I got rid of it. Uh-huh. i got to find things. We, uh, we are making some changes in Ghost Chronicles podcast. Uh, yeah. And certainly we should have callback numbers for guests who don't call in. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um. But anyways, um. We are going to do some uh, investigating. Uh, we had just got the, uh, the itinerary from uh, uh, Gettysburg, by the way, with uh, Mark Nesbeth and his group, and Richard Felix will be up there as well. So I am uh, excited about that. Uh, by the way, I don't know if this is going to affect you or not, but uh, we are staying in a, a haunted house. Oh, thanks. Now, yeah, why would that affect me? I, I have no clue. <laughs> uh, That's okay. I'm good with it. We're, you know, we're really lucky we got this place that it was actually on the battlefield uh, and it is part of the battlefield, and we will we'll be staying there, and it's going to be kind of neat. I'm turning over a new leaf. But you know what's cool? You will what? have help because we are also bringing along another transmedium. Cool. Cool. Uh, you would ask. <laughs> you don't know the name either. Andrew. Andrew. And that's all I can take right now. <laughs> take or say or what? Andrew? Andrew. He's from the U.K. He's coming over with Nori and uh, Richard Felix. Oh, oh, good. Cool. And he does, uh, he, which I've never heard before, he does mediumship galleries. Yeah. So, in transmediumship galleries, how does that work? Or does it work? Well, I don't know why it doesn't work. I mean, I do it in smaller numbers. I have people come over to do readings, and I sit there, and if someone comes through... You know, then I do that for, for people when they do, do readings. So it's wait, just an elaginate When someone scale. comes through, now, now you do it as a medium or you do it as a trans medium? Depends. Either I give information or if the person wants to come through, I've done it where they come through. So you've actually trans medium? Yeah. So all really? you're doing is the same thing. It's on a bigger scale, that's all. Huh. That's interesting. I just don't, for me anyway, I, I'm not into standing up in front of like tons and tons of people. And See, I, I don't know how that's going to work. Now, he, he's doing transmedium. Now, now, for those who don't know, a transmedium is like the character in Ghost, which is I always use the analogy of, of Whoopi Goldberg, where the spirit actually goes into your body and speaks through the medium, but in their voice or, or actually their persona. So if you're standing up in front of, you know, 30, 40 people or 10 people, yep. and, I mean, is there like a... Assembly line waiting to jump in on you, and, and and how do you how do you say okay your time's up next? I mean, well you must have to do the same thing. Think of it with um, you know who's that uh, 
John Edwards, right? Yeah. Well, he's not doing trans mediumship, but he's doing mediumship. So, but he's doing it's a, it's a difference. But they are standing next to him and pretty much getting his attention and putting thoughts in his mind, and he's hearing them. So it's the same thing. If you're doing chance medium, then you're just taking a moment to let that person speak through you, if that's what you do, and then you break, and then you let another person come in. So you're just doing it at a different scale. That's all. You know, a larger amount of people. Yeah, but like I said, it's a, it's a trance medium, so it's, it's a little more difficult. Mm-hmm. Now, let me ask you this. I'm not saying anything. Some people think they're doing trance medium, and they don't. I don't know. I've never seen this guy. That's I'm, the thing. I'm interested there to take mediums, a look at him. There are mediums that talk to you, and they go, yeah, I'm a yeah, trance medium. Yeah, you're not trans And medium. you're not when, right. when you're not letting them come through and the energy is coming through you. It's just different varying degrees of energy, right? So either yeah. you can talk lightly or you can have a big, you know, in-depth, full-blown, hey, the energy's coming right through, and it's no longer you. You're just basically a shell. Yeah, I was actually, I think it was on Ghost Chronicles International, we were interviewing a psychic uh, medium, and, oh, yeah, he won the uh, Best Medium in London uh, event. And I was talking about, when you do this, I mean, there's so many people there, like, you know, so you have so many people who want to talk, I assume, from the other side. Right. Right. And but I mean, what what prevents like from street ghosts like walking in and say, "Hey, I want to say something too, or whatever," you know? And and how does he distinguish which one to take and which one not to take? I don't know. I mean, if you listen to John Edwards, he basically talks to the audience and just asks, you know, he'll throw out a couple of scenarios. You know, when I was there and I saw him, actually, it was not John Edwards, but John. John Edwards. Who's the other one? John Edwards. No, there's two of them. I don't know what John, John Holland? John Holland. Okay. Um, basically, when I went, to, I went to see John Holland, and he'll do something similar. What he's doing is he's standing there, and it's kind of like they're lining up. And he'll say, is anybody out there have someone that, is you know, anybody has put on, can you, does this make sense to you? Has, you know, work boots, uh, big belly. It goes on with these little. Oh, I hate that. But that's what, he, that's what they all do. But you know, why? Because what happens is you have to connect with the person that the message is for. Once you do that, then the rest of the information comes out. You know, I will say that um, John Holland got a lot of information when I had gone that there was no way he would have had. You know, as far as he talked about my husband, he talked about my brother-in-law who's a pilot. He talked about him being a plane breaking up. He talked about a wedding we had just been to and what people were saying at the wedding. So, I mean, specific information, not just, not just general so it makes a difference. You know, anybody can read and just say, you know, oh, yeah, but I, like I don't you. like it when they ask too many questions because then it just seems like well, I don't they're, think trying, it's necessarily they're pulling asking. out stuff. No, but the, I didn't answer questions. They just said, does this person fit? And I, you know what's funny is I, I sat there and I was like, no, because I was thinking of someone else in my mind. I was thinking of my own father and he wasn't coming through. It was my father-in-law was coming mm-hmm. through. So I was totally ignoring it. And he's going, Edward, Edward Sr. Is it Edward Jr.? And I'm like, no. No, so it's not for me. And then when he did talk to me at the end, he apologized. He goes, by the way, he said he's sorry because you expected to have someone else, but he pushed him out of the way. And I'm thinking, thanks. Pushed you know, whatever. He had more to say. But I anyway, don't know. but I, I don't know. I, I've seen uh, psychics or mediums on on air, and I, I'm not impressed with some of them. To be honest with you, they're just like they ask too many questions. Oh, I see somebody with many hats. You know, like, that's that's a wide-open question. Or he has right. a hat on. 
He has a hat on. Exactly. But what, what does it mean? He, yeah, I wear a hat, okay. Right. Or, or, oh, as a construction worker, maybe I wear a hard hat. You know, so what if it, what if the guy didn't wear a hat, but he was a construction worker? Say, like, oh, right. he was a construction worker. Is that what you're picking up? Oh, yeah, that's what I was picking up on. You know what I mean? Right. Why don't you say, okay, he had a hot hat on. He had a, what are you thinking on? I see somebody with hats. Because right. sometimes you get glimpses. But I will I tell know. you, some of the things that, he did that say to me, me, I, all right, I'm ashamed to say it, but I was having, at the time, I knew I had to have my brakes done, right, mm. on my car, or my tires done, because they were getting worn in a whole bit. And I was a little nervous picking up friends to go to this thing, because I'm like, you know, I don't like driving with my brakes like this. Well, that would be a good idea. And I said, ah, they'll never know. So anyway, one of the things he mentioned is he said, uh, by the way, he's doing this, and he's putting his hands in the front and the back, in front and the back. He goes, what's this, your tires? No, your brakes. <laughs> he's telling you that you need to change your brakes on your car, right? Mm. And the, the two girls that I brought looked at me and was like, is he right? Like, uh, yeah, you know, sorry. I had to get my brakes done, and I was going the next day, but, you know, that doesn't matter. The whole point is he did pick up on the brakes. Um, he picked up on a comment that was made about my husband had, there's a picture of my father-in-law that sits on, you know, my, my sister-in-law's dresser. The thing is, it's a sepia print, you know, the brown colored, and he's mm-hmm. got this pipe in his hand, and he's all, you know, everything's perfect. And we always joke, and my husband's like, yeah, that's not dad, that just came with the frame. You know, he makes a joke because the front picture's so perfect. Well, he made a comment and said, by the way, I was at the wedding, and I don't like that comment about the picture you made about me. So, it, you know, that stuff is when you're talking specifics. I don't know. I mean, that could be like even that could fit any time. Not you know, really. I somewhere just want to somewhere in life you've said something about a photograph, blah, blah, blah. At the wedding way. and the picture of him. And it just happened the week before I went to this place. You just put the one plus one plus one together. No, I'm seriously. Yeah. You know, I, and I came home and I was enough, let me tell you, it was enough to look, tell my husband and he got a little, like, teary-eyed over it because uh-huh. of some of the things he said. But anyway, you know, I, again, I didn't expect to have him come through. Yeah. So I wasn't crazy about it, but he did. Anyways, um, I don't know. It, like I said, I, I listened to some of the, the psychics on the radio and I'm really not impressed with them. Uh but as you know, I, I do believe that, that people do have abilities. And so I'm not just saying that, but to me, I, I still have to be proved. I just, I just don't get the point where, like, you know, they, they have to ask, number one, they have to ask so many questions. Or number two, they can't get the guy's name. Why you, why, oh, that was his middle name. Like, who gives a crap that it was his middle name? Why didn't you get his first name or his last name? Uh, you know, his first middle all, name. That's so bizarre. It's nothing like, oh, is his middle perfect. Name. And yeah. you get what you get. You get little, sometimes you don't even get that. Sometimes you get little Why bits of information. Why would you give, give, give your middle name to anyone? It's not that you're giving it. You might not hear it. You know, maybe they say the whole thing, but maybe you're not consciously keeping that connection. Yeah, I, it just it. sounds like excuses. That's all. I'm sorry. Oh, you're just trying to start a fight. No, I'm not. I'm just telling you what I believe. There are good psychics out there. There are good mediums out there. But some of them just, like, stretch so much. Well, oh, you know, that's all we're seeing. That's all we're getting. It's like, well, yeah, Well, it's whatever. not like watching a movie and getting every little piece of it, you know? It's not like watching Medium on TV. It's not like watching The Ghost Whisperer. When you get but there are mediums out there that are like that. They can not, get that information. They can get that first name. Not 100%. Nothing is 100%, they but they get, get so much pieces. of it. They get so much of it that they don't even have. They don't have to have played twenty questions to to find out who's coming true. Yeah, but a lot of times, think of it this way: you might get some info, and you might get some on some pieces. But I think some people are good, are better at, you know, talking to spirit. Some people are better at getting images. Some people are better at getting clear audience and hearing. 
everybody's a little different. And what you right. think? Oh, I agree with that. Uh, I will you know? go along with that too, so, as well. Everybody's different in how they, they now, approach Now, the, the other thing that we were talking about, I actually was talking with Laura today about it, was, like, for instance, evidence. Now, when we do investigations, we get a lot of uh, spectral evidence. Evidence we really, that doesn't make sense. So, can't hear me? Music playing. Oh, okay, thank you. But anyways, I guess we got to wrap it up. So anyways, you'll listen to Ghost Chronicles Live with Ron Kolick and Maureen Wood. We'll be right back after the following message. <laughs> The vault is open. You're listening to The Haunted Headlines, your source for the stories making waves in the paranormal news. Sponsored by GhostVillage.com at www.GhostVillage.com backslash news. Good evening, I'm Chris Balzano and you're listening to The Haunted Headlines, Ghost Village's weekly journey around the paranormal newswire to bring you the biggest stories affecting the ghost community. Out of the UK this week... Ten people, including three guests, were forced to evacuate the 400-year-old Grade 2 listed George Hotel in Ramsey after a fire started sometime after 3.30 on May 13th. The story would not have raised much attention, but the blaze began in a section of the hotel known to be haunted by a woman who reportedly had died in a fire. Although the fire department listed as being caused by electrical problems, workers report there was nothing in the room electrical and that the fire had been contained to the same area the ghost had been detected. Gene Axelson, a member of the family who owns the hotel and the chef, is confused over Mary, whether Mary, the person they attribute the ghostly happenings to, may be involved. Quote, she died of smoke inhalation, and so she wouldn't have wanted another fire. She hates fires so much she steals people's lighters and blows out candles. The hotel should be up and running again at full capacity within a few days, although most of the damage was contained to the older section of it. In sporting news, people have known for years about the haunted Vonoy Hotel in St. Petersburg, Florida. Opposing teams have historically had more trouble finding sleep there than beating the Rays baseball team. But now another Florida team says they have an away field disadvantage and are being disrupted by a ghost in their hotel. The Florida Marlins, according to a Yahoo report quoting the Palm Beach Post, have been disturbed while staying at the Sphister, a luxurious 116-year-old uh, hotel that is said to be haunted in Milwaukee. The hotel is well-known among visiting teams, and some players have slept with their backs for protection. Several Marlins, none of whom are identified in the report, bunked up together because they were too scared to stay in their rooms alone. Although there has been a long-time connection between baseball and the paranormal, covering such books as Haunted Baseball by Dan Gordon, the activity at the Sphister is fairly new to players. In technology news, The Sun is reporting British paranormal investigator Paul Rowland has captured some compelling evidence of the paranormal in a Welsh mansion. Rowland searches for evidence using a special camera that uses ultraviolet and infrared light to take pictures. He developed it after seeing similar items being used on television. The ghostly shape was spotted at the haunted Plasteg Mansion, which is popular among paranormal groups. While the picture can be viewed at the Sun's website, the real story is the device itself, which is a bit of a departure from traditional ghost photography. To quote Roland, I use blue and ultraviolet lights to enhance our capacity in the dark. It also has digital still camera and camcorder, both of which can see in ultraviolet light. And there's a live EVP system hooked into it. It's almost as if the machine senses an energy buildup in the room and records it. We'll be keeping in touch with Mr. Rowan and looking to follow up on his work and his ideas. 
That's it for this week. You can learn more about these stories and others by going to Ghost Village's website at www.ghostvillage.com backslash news. We'll be back next week with some more stories, but until then, I'm Chris Balzano, and that's what's haunting me. Coming to Toginet, politically correct, with your hosts, John and John, Thursday nights at 6 p.m. Central. Come explore Christianity and politics and how it applies to our country today. Join us as we talk about two topics that everyone says not to talk about, especially with family and friends, but someone has to. Politically Correct addresses facts such as our country being built on Christianity. So why are we allowing others to separate Christianity from our country? On Politically Correct, we'll talk about things like Christians not standing up for truth in this country and how it seems that God may be abandoning us. Join us for Politically Correct with your hosts, John and John, coming to TogiNet Radio as we explore Christianity and politics, two things you're never supposed to talk about. Thursday nights at 6 p.m. Central on TogiNet, radio with a cutting edge. We're back. We are back. You're listening to Ghost Chronicles Live with Ron Kolick and Maureen Wood. And we've got a very special guest for us, uh, someone who does tours in our neck of the wood. And it is Hillary from the Boston Ghost Tours. Hillary, are you there? I am here. Hi, Hillary. Hi. How are you doing? I'm doing very good. How are you all doing? Oh, we're very doing great. great. So I understand your sister's getting married? Yes, I, <laughs> she is. She's getting married on Saturday. Woohoo! <laughs> you all excited? I am. I'm the maid of honor, so we've, we're starting the festivities tonight of uh, celebrating the the um, their wedding. So, huh? Okay. Uh, anyways, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, the Boston Ghost Tours? Uh, are you the owner? Let's start with that. Yes, I'm the owner. It's Haunted Boston Ghost Tours, and uh-huh. we've uh, been doing uh, walking tours in Boston for about six years and uh, have a lot of fun at it. It's an hour-and-a-half-long walking tour. We start in the Boston Common and make our way through the Common along the Freedom Trail and do about nine stops telling all the stories of the people and places and locations that are haunted around Boston and, and else, elsewhere, not just in downtown Boston, but some of the surrounding areas as well. Okay, and now how long have you been uh, doing the tours? About six years. Oh, wow. And yeah. what, what do you find that perhaps is the most interesting uh, story or stop in, or in your uh, tour? It's so hard to pick one. There, there's a lot of great stories that, you know, we pick certain ones that, uh, you know, each night tell, you know, the, the regular stories. But then uh-huh. with each group, you know, you kind of change it around of what they like. But um, we start in the Boston Common at the Central Burial Ground and, and tell the story of the little girl that haunts the cemetery there. Um, she we think that she was part of, died during the... Um, uh, plague and the epidemic that came through Boston, and she's reported to be seen in the cemetery. Uh, a dentist back in the 70s, actually, he was walking around in the cemetery looking at the different headstones, and he felt this, you know, kneeling down looking at the headstones, and felt this tug on the back of his coat. And stood up, turned around, expected to see someone there, and no one was there. 
continued on through the cemetery and, again, kept feeling this tug. Well, after a few minutes of this, realizing, you know, he is all alone and how creepy this is, decided he was going to leave the central burial ground. And once he gets starts walking, he notices kind of some movement out of the corner of his eyes. And about 50 feet from him or so is this little girl and said that she looks like she's about eight or nine years old, had long red hair, was dressed in a grayish white dress, and he described her as she had the saddest eyes that he'd ever seen. And the two stood there staring at each other for a few moments. So finally, the doctor uh, built up enough courage that he took a step towards her. But with each step, as he grew closer and closer to her, she grew fainter and fainter mm-hmm. until finally she vanished in front of his eyes, confirming, you know, what he had already thought that she wasn't real to begin with. Oh, wow. Yeah. But the fun, the fun part of the story is, so he makes his way to the... Uh, Uh, exit of the cemetery, and just as he's about to step out onto the sidewalk, he feels an icy hand slip into his pocket, and he watched in amazement as his car keys lift free, levitated in midair, and then fell with a jingle to the ground. So uh, that's one of my favorite. Oh, that's simple. Yeah. Now, now why did you... uh, What's what's your background that you would go into ghost tours? I, I, I just... You know, trying to figure out why do people come up with one of those Well, mine is actually kind of a funny story. I um, went to school on the East Coast and for undergraduate and actually graduate in Boston. And I had always thought, you know, I, every time growing up, family vacations, always been on ghost tours all over the country and had always been fascinated by the paranormal and, you know, the whole, is it real, is it not real, are ghosts real, are they not real, and wanting to actually know for myself, and it started as something that I thought I could do by myself, that I could go and do tours, research the stories, and and know the ghost history of Boston, and then give tours and meet interesting people, and luckily for Haunted Boston, we um, expanded very quickly. We had a lot of people interested, uh, tourists, coming and taking the tours, so it has expanded out quite a bit. We now have six tour guides, and we run tours every night of the week. We do a bunch of private tours and school groups and things like that, so we can accommodate up to over 200 people, breaking them up into different um, uh, groups and having... We we are very conscientious for the... um, the visitor that, you know, no more than 30 people per two, per group. Otherwise, it gets too big. You can't hear your guide and keep up. So um, we've been very lucky in that aspect of being able to expand. And I have the best tour guides you will ever find in the city of Boston. So we're we're very lucky. Hello? Oh, sorry, Ryan. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I, I think that's so neat. Um, but, I mean, even, like, how do you interview tour guides? I mean... You ask him, like, do you believe in the paranormal? Uh, are you, you know good, any history? Are you, maybe good, are you history? a good history? Yeah, exactly. You, uh, are you a good storyteller? I mean, uh, how would you do that? I mean, that sounds like a, a difficult job in itself. It is, and it's actually all of the things you just mentioned. It has to be someone who is a good storyteller, who is captivating. You know, these, these visitors are following you for an hour and a half, and you need to keep them um you know, with you and interested and captivated. So it really is your personality. Are you, are you able to captivate people? Are you able to tell a good story? I mean, you can, 
I can have a story in front of me and I can read it off the sheet of paper or I can actually, as I tell it, you know, really get into the story. And there are so many fascinating and wonderful ghost stories and, and not just ghost stories, but like the Boston Athenaeum, the skin book that's in the Boston Athenaeum, the book that's found <laughs> in human skin. Uh, you know, that's, a, ooh, that's a creepy story. That. Yeah, it's a creepy story in and of itself. Uh, back in the early 1800s, there was a highwayman or a, a robber um, who made his living stealing from people, kind of, you know, you're similar to a present-day carjacker. He'd wait on the side of the road for someone to come by and jump out and, and steal from them. And this a particular high, uh, highway man, he uh, decided one night he was up near the community of Chelsea and came across this gentleman. The man's name was John Finno, and the highwayman went by many aliases, but one of them was George Walton. And Walton jumped out of the bushes, demanded Finno's money, and Finno turned to him and said, no. And Walton, you know, was taken aback and said, no, your money or your life. And the two of them, again, Fennel told them no, and the two got into a scuffle. And Walton did what all highwaymen do not want to do. He used his gun. And his gun went off. He thought he just shot and killed Fennel. He runs off. Because now not only is he a thief, he's a murderer. Starts to get the better of himself, knowing, you know, he needs to go check on this man. Comes back, finds Fennel. Fennel's fine. The bullet bounced off his belt buckle. He was all right. Walton <laughs> runs off again. And before long, he's caught. And he's thrown into jail, and he um, starts thinking about, you know, his time, and he becomes very ill, and he's, he knows he's dying, and he decides that before he dies, he's going to write his great memoirs and his stories of being a highwayman and all the, the people he robbed. So as he's writing these stories and, and telling about his tales, he starts thinking that, you know, in all his years of being a highwayman, no one had ever stood up to him. No one had ever said no, and no one had ever fought back, except for John Fenno. So upon George Walton's death, he decided that he wanted a copy of his memoirs bound in his own skin oh. and given to John Fenno as a, a gift. gift. So when he died, they took him over to Mass General, where oh. they were able to get Two copies out of him. Two copies? Well, he's two copies. <laughs> One was given to Finno, and the other was given to the doctor that skinned him. And the copy that uh, Finno had, he gave it to his daughter, who after a while decided she didn't really like the idea of having a skin book in her house, and she donated it to the Boston Athenaeum where it sits today. And if you go on their website, you can, you can actually see the book. You, you know, of course, even if you're a member of the Athenaeum, you cannot check the book out, but you can request a special request to see it for researchers, but they have a, a very uh, interesting page on their website with a picture of the book. It's a nice gray color, and it's in Latin. It's written across there, and it tr basically trans out to bound in Walton's skin. Oh. So we like that to tell that. Yeah. That is, you know, I have to say you're a great storyteller, so I can imagine how good you do bringing people around um, doing tours. Now, do you yourself bring them doing tours? or? I do, and thank you very much for the compliment. Yeah, I started them um, all by myself, and then through the years we have added on tour guides, but I still do the tours. Um, I like to dress up. I, it's not a requirement for my tour guides. We so all do I. carry red lanterns, but um, I like to dress. It kind of adds a little more of an ambiance to the night. But um, 
I just, I love telling stories. I love meeting the interesting people who are visiting Boston and the ghost hunters that we get a lot of ghost hunters out. We, um, a lot of the locations we go to, we get a lot of interesting pictures. Um, so if you've got, you know, a lot of your ghost hunters that are listening that are looking for areas in Boston, um, in the Boston Common at the, um, the old elm or the old hanging tree, it's no longer there, but there's a plaque. It's yep. where all public executions took place from colonial time up through the 19th century. We have gotten so many pictures there from orbs to, shrieks of light. I actually got a fascinating picture. I was given a tour one night. I was dressed all in black, black dress, black undergarments. And my group was, you know, kind of um, in a semicircle around me and I'm talking and this woman takes a picture of me and there were no lights behind me and, and anything for it to kind of bounce off. Wasn't wearing any jewelry. She takes her picture with a digital camera and she kind of looks at it and has this odd expression. I get done with my story because I want to show you this. And she shows me this picture, and there I'm standing, and going right across the front of me is this bright green, almost a neon green bolt of light that goes just right through the middle of me, you know, the front. And um, that was probably the oddest one that we've gotten as far as we get tons of orbs and things like that. But the light, I've had people take pictures where they'll take a group of people, you know, a photograph of a group of people, and one person that group will not show up in the picture. Oh, that's, that's crazy! All kinds of great stuff. So I'd tell them go to the. Of course, the, the the Boston Common itself is one huge anonymous cemetery. There are thousands of people buried in the Common that are still in their 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 graves after they were executed. Ooh. Part of the humiliation of public execution was you'd leave your body there to rot, and many times family members would sneak in under the cover of darkness cut those bodies down, and then bury them somewhere in the common. Oh. So it's, there, there's tons and tons of graves. So um, not just the central burial ground. You can walk all over the place and get really great pictures. Well, I, I know you have to get going, so I appreciate you your giving us this time. Uh, we'll oh, have you back on the show again because... Uh, oh, it'd be great. Fascinating. Now, let me ask you this. Do you, do you have oh. a website you want to give out or some information so that you know, our listeners can, can find you? Absolutely. Check out our website. It's www.hauntedboston.com. We have a fabulous website, completely been redone recently. And um, you can look at comments from past people who have taken tours and and left comments there. We're adding pictures that uh, people who have been out on the tour that are going to be put on there. We've got all the information. There's a coupon where you get $3 off per person for tours. Yeah, oh, this this economy saves I money. We, I, I we believe in that. that. <laughs> we should go. So we, I think it's yeah. a good idea. And I our phone number, our phone number is six one seven six zero five three six three five. And we do public tours every night of the week at eight o'clock, or we also do private tours anytime you want. Excellent. Hillary, thank you so much thank for coming you so on, much. and especially, you know, with everything going on in your life right now. Have a great time at the wedding. I hope it's a fantastic. I'm sure it'll be great. Yeah, and we'll definitely have you back on again. Oh, wonderful. I would love to come back on, and thank you so much. I really enjoyed this. All right. Thank you, Thanks, Hillary. Hillary. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Wow, that was cool, huh? Oh, she was cool. It's too bad that um, we didn't have her on for longer, but we'll I have know. to, again, have her on again. Well, speaking about being on for longer, I guess who's on now? Ooh. Uh, my friend. Do you know his name? Dash. What? We just lost him. 
<laughs> oh, my God. No, this is not good. He's forgetting about us, evidently. Yeah, whatever. Anyways, that's kind of cool, but uh, I actually went to her website, and uh, it was it was pretty cool. There is a lot of uh, interesting things, but I love that thing about the uh, book. The skin? Yeah. Oh, a little bit of a De- Jeffrey now, Dahmer? Now, let, let me ask you that. I mean, if you were, if you talk about telekinesis and all that stuff, would you, could you pick up something from that? Or? You probably could. I mean, you're talking Why? about I their mean, DNA, their sample. I mean, yeah, but still, I mean, you talk about organ transplants and so forth. Uh, are yeah. people feeling the same way from that? Possibly. How do you know? How can you prove it is or it isn't? Uh, Put it this way. Who is, um, there is a, I think of the guy who does it, and of course it's, it's the Indian, uh, Deepak Chopra. If you read one of his books, um, in one of the books, he talks about Hello. a test that, Hey! Yes! <laughs> Hey, <laughs> what's going on? That, that is going to be the coolest. Man. Uh, you know what? I'm thinking about changing my name to that. Hey, it must be a... Dot. How's Dot? Dot must dot. be an omen. I must have meant to have been tardy today. So uh, sorry for not calling at 7. I was looking for your... Uh, I, I did send out the email, but that's all right. Anyway, uh, we'll get you on another time anyways to talk a little bit more because we're talking about... You missed my great introduction when I, I said it was... <laughs> Galveston was my favorite city, even though I'd oh, never God, been there. Oh, God, I forgot your stuff. name, Dash. Well, Beardsley, that's it. That's the last name. But, but uh, <laughs> it's, it's absolutely... Beardsley, right? Now, you have the number two, according to uh, uh, the, the site I saw. Uh, Haunted America Tours. Haunted America Tours. Yes. Yeah. The number two. And those are done by votes. So, you know, I guess... Uh, any of my competitors can go vote against me, too, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, our good, our good friend Mark Nesbitt from yeah. uh, Haunted Gettysburg was number one. Yeah. Really? Yes, yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah, he's so number cool. one. For, but, this, for this week, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. That's right. I can tell you from Texas. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm sure he's got a great tour. I hear a lot of good things about him. Okay, so we don't have too much time for okay. you right now, unfortunately, so why don't we get right to it. First of all, what's your website, and what's the name of the tour? The name of the tour is Ghost Tours of Galveston Island. It started 11 years ago. The site is the name, ghosttoursofgalvestonisland.com. And uh, we are history, mystery, legend, and ghost stories about haunted Galveston. Okay. Now, I, I would imagine, uh, in, and I just started in the chat room, too, is that if, for those who don't know, the island of Galveston virtually got wiped out. And so I, I imagine if anybody has ghosts, it's got to be Galveston. Well, several times, actually. Uh-huh. There were four storms even before the Great Storm in the years 1800. Uh, but, of course, the Great Storm hit in 1900, which caused 6,000 deaths in the city of Galveston and another 6,000 in the surrounding counties of Galveston, plus another one to 2,000 that just went missing plus uh, many along the coastline all the way to, guess where, New Orleans, uh, that there's no real accurate record for. It's still the worst storm in American history. But what's more important is the remnants, uh, what's left behind of lives, and many people have seen ghosts of of, uh, the great storm victims, but also in the 100-year period previous to the great storm, Uh uh, there were plagues, there was a civil war, random mysterious fires that popped up in a district called the Strand there in Galveston, which is the oldest part of the Strand. It was also founded by the pirate Jean Lafitte. A lot of death. And before Jean Lafitte, 
there were the Karakawan Indians, and uh, he goes on and on and on. Just a lot of, of, of death through the hundred year period. Which, which is interesting because it, it is an island, although it was eventually tied to the mainland. Mm-hmm. It, it, it is not that easy to get to. No, it's a it's a barrier island. Uh, it, it's long like the coastline. It's twenty eight miles long by three miles wide. Uh, it's connected by the causeway, um, but. Uh, it is full of ghost stories. Uh, Galveston is one place that uh, literally, I say, in just about any city block you can go, you can find at least one ghost story if you're brave enough to knock on doors. Really? Yes. Now, what what do you find is probably the most remarkable ghost story? In your- well, actually, the most remarkable story is not, not truly a ghost story, but it's a uh, the story of the face, which you can find online. It's on my site, but it's many other places. Uh-huh. Uh, the face is on the side of a building, and if you see it very close, uh, it's a very detailed face. Uh, there's many stories behind this. I've been to the place myself uh, and find that I'm very uneasy there. In fact, I can't stand to be near this thing because it. I think it's attached to uh, some really bad things. So Really? Now, when you're saying face... Um, what do you mean face? Is it something that's just an imprint well, that's in there, or is it always seen? Okay, the the building was constructed in 1972. And back then they used things called tilt walls, which were square concrete pieces that they pulled up and uh, put in place. Well, in one of these, actually on three of them, uh, that are, let's see, that would be horizontal, uh, above each other, in other words, one, two, three. Yeah. The face started in the highest point uh, was painted over and then it went to the next stone and it was sandblasted away after in 1992 uh, two student nurses went back there and they were actually looking at the face in the middle of the night parked in their Honda Accord on a boat launching ramp which isn't too smart by the way Uh, (laughs) and and their car unfortunately the emergency brake went off. They rolled back into the water, and one of them drowned there. Oh, no. So they sandblasted away the face, and then it appeared the third time below that, which is just above the door. And this is perhaps the most detailed face of all. Wow. And, uh, the story is there's about five or six stories. I only tell three on my tour, but I'll tell you the, the best one. The story is is that there was an old man that owned the land, and he was uh, very, very uh, rich. His family ran things for him. And basically, uh, they wanted to sell, sell the land. This is before the building was there. And they wanted to sell the land, and uh, someone came in and made a bid for it. And he didn't want to sell it, and he said it. But, he, you know, he was elderly. So they said, well, we're going to go ahead and do this. And he said, if you do it, I'm going to curse the land and you and whoever gets it. So they didn't listen, sold Sold the land. The building went up in 1972. At the same time, the old man died. Uh, then the first space was seen, and then on and on, and death, and this and that. You know, there's a lot of uh, mystery linked to that thing. And, now, does uh, the it, face resemble that person, or is it just a face that's hard to make out exactly the features? Well, I know who the person is, but I, I, I can't really say because I don't say because it's just. Uh, you know, some things are best left a secret, you know what I mean? Exactly. So, uh, so uh, it does to me, yes. So, But you'd have to see it. Go look 
at the uh, go look for yourselves and see what you think of it. I think it's a very detailed looking face. So, you know, and most and, people are, are and that's on your website. Yes, it's on my website. It's also uh, it's also you can just uh, Google the face Galveston, Texas. Okay. And it's been in a lot of newspapers and things like that. That's one of the most uh, strange, the strangest things, at least. Uh, there's also the tour on the Strand. People get ghost pictures right and left on the tour. Just about every night, people get ghost pictures. Or uh, you put the pictures up on your website? Mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am. Sure Very do. good. And my site was built by Haunted America Tours, and they uh, they make sure that they put all that stuff up there. So. Excellent. Yeah. Now, uh, how did you ever get into doing ghost tours? Well, <clears throat> when I was a little boy, my grandfather, believe it or not, don't don't look at the way I'm dressed on the side or you won't believe it, but uh, uh, he was an accountant for Gulf Oil, and he was, uh, a, you know, he was fairly well off at the time, and he had a home down on the coastline. So he brought me there as a child, taught me a lot of stories way back then. But I always just felt a draw to Galveston, and I never really knew why. And uh, I was just always, it seemed like the most fascinating place to me. And so, uh, you know, I went through, you know, really my childhood years, my teen years, and always going back to it. In 1990, uh, I began a study, and I continued it till about 94, just for my own satisfaction, not to build a tour or anything. And then about 98, uh, the uh, the light went off in my head, and I thought, okay, this is what I need to do. And so I just felt like it was something I was supposed to do. Um, if I was in it for money, uh, I would probably have picked somewhere that had a lot more tourists. It has a lot of tourists, but not not enough uh, to get you rich, I'll put it that way. Right. And so, uh, but I love what I do, and... Uh, and I think it shows, you know. And At least you can do it all year, right? Yes. Yeah. You can Definitely. do it all year. Although it is uh, somewhat seasonal. You know, people do come uh, just about all year long. Uh, of course, from the months of about uh, March through about the end of October, the best times. But they do. But the tours do run all year. Yeah, actually, I hate to tell you this, but we're out of town. Time. Time. Call me back sometime, and we'll we'll talk. Yeah, we'd definitely like to have you back on. Uh, Maybe we'll redo the show. We'll get uh, Boston Tours back on again because they actually cut their time short, too. Okay. So that would be kind of neat because, uh, you know, I know Galveston, there's a lot of stories, especially the flood stuff is is unreal. But like you said, there's other stuff that we really don't know about. Well, Well, there's a lot I'd like to tell you about the connection of the great storm to Hurricane Ike, and that's what a lot of people, uh, you know, don't know about. I'm working on a book right now. Oh, good. And it's all going to be in there. Oh, very good. All right, radio. I hate to tell you, but... Thank we'll you have so you back much. on. We'll definitely uh, get this worked out. Okay. Thanks right. so much. Thank Thanks you so Dash. much. Yeah, have a good night. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, we finally got to talk to him. Yes. Dash. I can see why you had trouble remembering the name. Dash. It's a cool name. Really. It is It is cool. interesting. Dash Kulik. Oh, not Dash Kulik, though. No. No. What should I have? I forget it. Kulik. Ron is fine. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, we have to go. All right. We want to thank everybody for listening. And uh, have a good night. God bless. Good night, God bless. And bye-bye. Bye-bye.
From goalies to ghosties, long like a beasties, and things that go bumpy in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.